You're going to remember this every day for the rest of your life. If you want to get to a goal, if you want to get to your dream, you got to focus on all the little steps. You have to put in your time. You have to be patient and you have to enjoy the process. Whatever you're doing now, whatever you want to be great at, whatever you want to be special at, I'm sure you you maybe already be good at it, but to be extraordinary, you have to do extra. I firmly believe that we are all here for a very specific reason to do something truly extraordinary. But what are you going to do to get there? You're doing very well now. How's your wife doing? She's good. She's good. How about yours? Oh, she's great. She is, um, Kathy is now, Mark, uh, four years cancer free. And, um, Thank and, God. Uh, my daughter, Thank yeah, God. she's doing really well. My daughter, uh, the oldest is 15 and the youngest is 13 and, uh, they do well in school and they're good kids. They like football. The little one likes football more than the oldest one, but they both, enjoy going to see the games and being involved so it's good it's good i love it i love it thank teenagers, you so much you know how that is mark say it again teenagers you know how that is well we're going to get into that coach okay we're going to get like into it. that because it, for for our listeners uh coach yeah. frank leonard is one of the greatest football coaches i've ever been around <laughs> And I know he's not, he doesn't do a very uh, good job of taking compliments, and he would never say that about himself, so I'm going to say it. <laughs> so Coach Leonard is an extraordinary coach, not only from the aspect of football knowledge and football acumen and his experience. How many years have you coached? Oh, uh, 40 years. 40 years. He's forgotten more football, and I know I'm going to say this again quite uh, soon. That's not true. That's not true, Mark. That's not true. He's forgotten more football than most people will ever know. No, that's not true. No, I know. That's I know. I know you don't like hearing that, but it's true. <laughs> it is true. But he's he not only because of the knowledge, guys, but because he is he's an incredible person, and he genuinely cares. But let me caveat that by saying that doesn't mean he's a pushover because he's a many things, but that's one thing that he is not. <laughs> He's one of the toughest coaches, but he cares uh, beyond anything I've, I've, I've You're seen. You're way too kind, Mark. No, I mean a coach. You're it's way, really true. But that's why I wanted to kind. get you on here because uh-huh. I find that where I am in my life, and, and I have a, a – I, I never say people work for me because they absolutely do not. They work we, – we were lucky enough that they, we work together. And a lot of the people that are on our team happen to be younger people. They would certainly fall into the bracket of the millennial age group. And yeah. I have a very difficult time being good for them, meaning like mm-hmm. I have a difficult time with the, the coaching that I've received, the upbringing that I've received from where I'm from, from my high school coaches, to yourself, Coach Reed, Coach Cullen, Coach Hanson, uh, Bill Belichick, Coach Parcells, even Donnie Matthews in the CFL, those are mm-hmm. like hardened, tough coaches that don't give a lot of sugar. Yeah. And yeah. what we mean by sugar is that they, they, they'll tell you a good job every once in a while. And I think that that's certainly necessary. But with today's younger group, I have a very difficult time sometimes connecting, sometimes uh, letting them know I care enough, and sometimes uh, influencing them in a, in a positive way. So my questions yeah. revolve, Coach Leonard, my questions revolve around how do you do it? Because that's all you deal with as a college coach. Well, I think um, I think being that I've been in it, Mark, for so many years, 
and have seen things change. I think, you know, if you're to survive, you've got to, you know, you can't let go of your core values. And I mean that sincerely. You're certainly not going to let go of your core values, but um, you do have to, like any part of your life, you have to, you know, you have to make some changes. So um, I still uh, coach um, hard. You know, and maybe for this day and age, um, uh, I may be too hard. I don't know if that's the correct way of verbalizing it, but uh, I think what I still do and what maybe I did with, you know, Joe Douglas and Eric King and Steve Searles, even yourself being on the other side of the football, I think I I don't I, I just have a I have an understanding that every once in a while you do have to let them know. Um, when, you know, they're doing a good job. Uh, I don't think you can uh, beat kids down. Um, otherwise, there, there is no light at the end of the tunnel. Now, I will say, uh, more specifically in answering your question, I think, I think the kids use the term now being real. I think you got to be real with them. I think the problem is maybe, maybe, I, I, you know, um, some young coaches, I think, you know, they, they enjoy, you know, I, I think they enjoy the moniker on their, you know, on their coaching shirt. I think they enjoy um, uh, the salaries, the notoriety, you know, but uh, um, the difficult, you know, we're, a lot of us, Mark, were phys ed guys. You know what I mean? Right, right. And, you know, we were all phys ed guys or had some kind of tie in. And so we loved ball because of ball. We just enjoyed the sport and that's why we got into it. And, 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 you know, we were around it from the time we were playing in the, you know, just like you and Fall River, just, you know, playing in the streets, playing in the parks. Oh, yeah. So we, you know, till we, you know, we had a, a natural, you know, progression and in, in going into coaching. So um, it can be difficult at times in regard with being tough on kids. But I think if you show them again with what the kids term nowadays is you being real, you can still. Mark, you can still be hard on the kids, but certainly can't do and say things um, that you could even, Mark, 10 years ago, even 10 years wow. ago. So at times it can be a challenge, right. you know, but but that being said, Mark Magnet, kids, you know, are still kids. You just have to have the intelligence and the adaptability ability to be able to you know go along with the changes i i think i may have answered your question Mark. you did you I'm did not, coach you did yeah, a great job answering my question yeah. i just how do you how do you know one of the tricky things is when i we used to watch so we're, we're lucky enough to have coach leonard on i used to watch him on the other side of the ball he was the offensive line coach offensive coordinator he was incredible he used to push guys he used to really ride them <sighs> Now what I see, at the risk of sounding dramatic, I don't want to at all judge yeah. stereotype younger people at all because there's a lot yeah. of incredible, extraordinary yeah. young people who are doing things no that I could never even think of doing. And no that goes without saying, but I see that when they great things come from the toughest and most challenging times. If someone, not just a young person, anyone, isn't pushed 
to their absolute limits. And I understand that's not for everyone. They'll yeah. never know how great they could be. How do you figure that out? Because a lot of pe- people, kids, college athletes, high school athletes, you can't push them the same way, which might be a good thing because we're, we're forced to have a growth mindset. But the other side of that is how do you tell a kid that he's really not doing a good job and not have him yeah. qu- and not have him quit and not have him that's, use faith yeah, or lose buy-in? How do you do that, Coach? That's a great question. Okay. Well, first of all, I'll, I'll preface that by saying, you know, uh, how do I say this? Society has changed uh, to some extent. Okay, and um, in many aspects, Mark Menga, for the good. In some aspects, and maybe it's because I will soon be sixty-two years old. I'm not so sure. It it's for the good. Um, I think. From my generation, you know, uh, uh, baby boomers to your generation, I think uh, uh, people, men and women, young guys and young gals, were they were a little more self-sufficient than they are than they are nowadays. It's really not right. the kids' fault. It's just right. the way society's kind of you know turned. You know, we 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 heck, we you can't even let the kids get off the bus. You got to go meet them at the bus for fear of. You know what might happen, but here right. I'm going to answer the question. Okay, how do you do it? How do you do it? Okay, so uh, unlike what you said to the to the folks, uh, uh, football acumen um, was not my. I had to work very hard at understanding the game of football X's and O's. Here's what I think. Maybe I don't know why. This is how I survived 40 years. This is how I was able to, you know, stay employed. For the better part of 40 years, I think I just, I think it goes back to being, you know, phys ed guys or blue collar guys, or I, I, I think I just had a, not I, let me restate that. I think you have to have a knack of looking in a kid's eyes and seeing how far you can go and then understanding when you have to pull back. Let me tell you something now. Right. I've pushed, I've pushed guys over the limit. I've done it with guys when I was at UConn. I've done it with guys at Richmond. I've done it with guys in, you know, every place I've ever been. And so it's not to say I've been, you know, without mistakes. But, you know, I don't, you know, you don't make many of those. If you got to have a soul, first of all. You know what I mean? you got to have a soul. You have to have, you know, I mean, Joe Cullen has a soul. Jeff Hansen, Jim right. Reed. You know, those guys, they're, they're hard-charging yeah. dudes. Those guys push but, hard push hard yeah. hard but they were also also they had a soul to know to look in the kids eyes and see when okay i gotta pull back a little, or okay this kid's having a you know this this kid's you know having a tough time you know maybe in school or maybe at home and you have to have enough you know enough wherewithal to understand that and know when to, you know, I always used to say, know when to hold them and when to fold them. Again, I go back to what I said earlier. If you're up front with the kids, if you're, if you're, you know, if you know exactly what you're thinking and you're honest that you don't have all the answers, this is just what you see, you still to this day, because, you know, I think if you talk to the kids at BC, I, you know, I still, I still am able to coach them hard. Heck, when I was in pro football, I, I, I coached the, you know, I coached the players hard, and I was smart enough to know when to 
hold them and when to fold them and, and, and cognizant enough. And, and, and I did it. And like I tell people when I speak it clear, you can coach any level hard as long as they know that you love them. You know what I mean? That's right. important. Right. Joe Cullen, they knew, you knew Joe Cullen loved you. Right. You knew Jim Reed loved you. You knew Jeff Hansen. You know, those guys in the secondary, they knew Jeff Hansen loved them. It, it, but kids are smart now, Mark. Your generation, my generation, this, they'll look right through you now. They'll, right, they'll right. see them through if they know that you don't have any sincerity about you. They, you're right. just, you know, like like some of you know these young people, they're into the moniker, they're into the salary, or they're into seeing their name go across the ticker right. on ESPN. Oh, yeah. And, oh, yeah. And I, I think I answered your question. Did oh, you I did. Not? No, yeah, yeah, that was amazing, Coach. Yeah. Uh, there's a few things here in um, – how much okay you get a kid let's talk college for a second okay what are you looking for in a young person because everyone's gonna say oh i'm looking for a hard worker someone who hustles someone who's tough but it's not all the same what you're looking you're you're coaching college you're somewhere coaching college you're looking for a kid to bring in this is going to speak to every kid hoping to get his education paid for through an athletic event what are you looking for and what's going to tell you that's the guy i want and what am i looking for in his performance and his attitude oh i can answer that mark because i told all the young people i told i told the young college kids when i was in a scout an nfl scout it's no different now than it was 10 years ago than it was 20, 30 years ago. You're looking for toughness. You're looking for tough kids. You're looking for tough kids that can overcome adversity, meaning if Joe Cohen or Frank Leonard rips your fanny, you're not going to go into a shell. You're going you're gonna to develop thick skin mentally and physically, and you're going to be able to... Uh, you know, you're going to be able to power through, you know, the hard coaching. And that's really, really important. Obviously, you're looking for the physical attributes. How big is he? How fast is he? You know, that, that that's fine. There's plenty of guys that weren't real big and weren't real fast and had really, really good college careers, really good NFL careers, really good high school careers. But, you know, what they possessed was they were mentally and physically tough. They were mentally and physically tough. They could take hard coaching and they could adjust with what the coaching was being given to them. They could, they could accept the coaching. Right. And, um, right. and that's, I'm telling you, Mark, I talk about it all the time. That's, that's never going to change now. Right, that's right, never, right. It doesn't matter, you know, socioeconomically where the kid comes from, you know, that's not going to change it. What about the kid that you see in high school and you think he yep. could be good? How many kids are like, you, all right, you get a tough kid. You look at a tough you have a tough kid. But think about a kid that you're like, this kid is great. He's a good player. He could be extraordinary, but I yeah. got to push him. You're feeling yeah. funny about it, but you know you got to push him. How many oh, kids yeah. can be coached? to be something extraordinary. Oh, that's a tough one. Now. Yeah, I know that, that that's a tough one. Now that now I don't, uh, let me, let me say this to you. This is not meant to be negative And this, like you were so kind to me. I'm sincere. What I say about you, you, you were, you were, uh, you were a very, very good 
high school athlete. But it goes back to you had a desire to be great and you were you could take hard coaching, you could take adversity, you you you, you whether it was whether it was personal or you know football or academics. You know, Mark, in my 40-year career, you know, those are, everybody can do it, but the ones that, it, it, the ones that achieve eliteness, those are, those are, you know, those are few and far between. Like, what I've been doing is I've been watching every one of our games from last year at Boston College. Right. And I, I'm evaluating everybody. The line, the quarterbacks, the backs, the receivers, the, certainly the tight ends, and I'm watching it, and, and I'm seeing because the season goes so fast, and you're moving. And then in college football, unlike pro football, once the season's over, you're recruiting, you're on to the next, you know. And, and so you don't get to do what I'm doing now and really critique the players. And, and, and you could see where there's so much more in each individual and the ones that get that much more uh, those are the special guys those you know and, and I don't I'm not I'm not being uh, uh, I'm not you know those are the mark magnets you know those are the, you know those are the guys like you those are the you know guys like Eric King those are, you know those are those are those are those guys now think about it you know you know how many guys you played with at Richmond and, and you know you were drafted when? In the fourth round? Is that right? No, thank you very much. You can say second. It was the sixth. sixth. <laughs> it was the okay. sixth, yeah. Eric, but Eric was drafted what? In the seventh? Yeah, I mean, Eric, Manier, Dewan. Yeah, now Dewan was a free agent. Eric, I mean, Manier, yeah, Manier was drafted by the Broncos. I mean, Paris. Think, Paris, free Paris agent. Paris, yeah. Think, yeah, but he was a free agent. Think how hard that is uh, compared to, now think about this. Compared to all the guys you played with in high school and college, listen, might not be the answer that the young people expect to hear, but it takes hard work and extreme dedication, and you have to have some blinders on. Yeah. Whether whether you're working a business in Miami, Florida, or whether you're coaching, Joe Cullen and I always used to talk about this. We always agreed with this. We were right on the same page. That's why we got along so well. You've got to be like a boxer. You got to jab, 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 get him in the corner, and then you got to pull away. You got to jab, 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 get him in the corner, and then you got to pull him away. Meaning you got to coach him hard. You got to, you got to push and prod him, and then you got to love him up. And, and, and it's how we started the beginning of this conversation. Right. If if a coach can't do that, he's not worth his weight in gold. That's just my opinion, and I know I'm right. right. It's the coach's responsibility. Sure, it's the player's responsibility. But the player doesn't know, Mark. It's the coach's responsibility to get that out of the player as much as he can. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. I, I feel very strongly about that. It's the coach. You know, uh, Coach Dad's are always kid. It's, it's what my mother used to call backhanded compliment. Coach Dad's always used to tell the staff, I don't know how Frank does it. For for some reason, his players play their fannies off in the game, and and, uh, and it's just because, like the Joe Collins and the Jim Reeds and the Jeff, we, we knew when to push, 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 and then put your arm around them, give them a kiss, hug them up. That's the coach's job. That's the coach's job. I don't know. I'm not sure. And now I'm sounding like an old fuddy duddy. I'm not no. sure. No. I'm not sure 
if uh, these young coaches um, uh, um, understand that. And it's also the coaches. Here's where it's changed a little, Mark Magna. Here's where it's changed a little. And I've changed a little, but not as much as some young coaches. you got to get involved with the parents, too, now. you got to get the parents in your corner because the parents at times, let me say that one more time, the parents at times in this generation, in this day and age, unlike your mom, unlike my mom and dad, um, they're a little involved. And sometimes you say a little, you say a little, what does that mean? Really? Be honest. (laughs) They're a lot involved. They, they, you know, they, they, they see their child bringing them to new heights in life. And, and you gotta, you know, you gotta, you know, you, you just gotta set the, you as the coach, again, I'll go back to what I said earlier. This is where I'm a little old fashioned. Every meeting I would have the last four or five, six years with my tight ends, you certainly do have to communicate with the parents a little. You know, you certainly you want to get to know the parents. That's this day and age. But you also have to tell the kids, like I, I would tell the kids, listen, I don't want to hear from your parents now. Unless, unless, let me be very clear, Mark, you have a problem socially. You have a problem with school. You have a problem with your gal. You have a problem back home. I'll do anything, man. I'll do anything. I don't want to hear from your parents about your playing time. Because here's what we're going to do. We'll bring them in, and you can sit and watch the tape with your parents, and you can explain to them why you're not playing. That's not my job. My job is to develop you, not to you know, not to have meetings with your parents every other week. That's where it's a little different nowadays, right. Mark. Right. That's where a coach. That's where a coach's job, you know, even in major college football, which I've been in a lot, you know, in the last 15 years. That's where even in major college football. I mean, you. But I still believe it's. If the coach sets the correct tempo in his temperament, in his room, then you can alleviate some of that. But you're never in this day and age, Mark Magna, going to alleviate all of that. Mm-hmm. Hopefully you've got the kind of guys that will be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, hey, grandma, I got this. You know, I, I can handle my own business. But it's, again, what we talked about, you know, earlier in this conversation. Society is a little different now and the kids are a little more dependent on um who is ever raising them does that make sense to you oh yeah oh yeah that makes perfect sense we get listen i I already see i know you don't have a ton of time in your hands but i'm gonna try i'm gonna try to maximize the hell out of this because i could talk to you for hours coach (laughs) really because there's so many questions i have for you coach leonard coached uh was one of the amazing coaches at the university of richmond when i was there after richmond just tell them about where, where you've been so we can like fill everyone in here. Well, after well, Richmond, and then of course, stop on the Pats experience and tell them exactly what that was as well, co- Coach. When, when I went to the Patriots, right, 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 because I know that your okay. job was one of a kind. So I coached for ten years at the University of Richmond. I coached uh, uh, two years the running backs, and for eight years the offensive line. I loved it. And then um, when uh, um, and when we left Richmond, I had a very unique job with the New England Patriots. I was very fortunate. Scott Pioli and, and the people in New England uh, um, were gracious enough to get me, get me involved in the organization. And what I did for three years is um, all I did was travel the country and evaluate uh, the top offensive linemen in college football in the country. And then I would certainly report back to the people of New England on what I saw, my thoughts, 
and, and just of, of the things we're talking about in this conversation. And uh, that was a, you know, that was a very um, unique job. Uh, it, it was one that um, at the time, uh, you know, no other organizations were doing it. So the, the uniqueness of the job afforded me to meet some, uh, you know, a lot of different college directors and pro directors and some general managers. And, you know, when they, when they heard the Patriots were doing this, obviously the Patriots track record of being successful, they were very intrigued. So that was a very, very, uh, um, rewarding, uh, three years, you know, he, you know, I wanted to get back to coaching, which I did. So well, what, what, the, what was it like in that organization? Let's just talk a little bit as much as we can about that organization. Cause I try to share that with my team and about the experience and yeah. uh, anything I say, as you know, doesn't, can't do it justice or give them a, a, a great understanding of what it was like. And I quite simply, I say, there's no complaining. Like yeah. that doesn't exist in yeah, well, every Good, please, please. Here, here's why. You know, people always ask me that question. It's been a long time since I've worked for the organization, but I will say this. Now, I, you know, I was a, a special assignment scout. That was my title. But when people ask me, "What do you think?" I said, "Well, I was only there for three years, but you know, I was involved in some meetings and got to see, you know, some different sides of the organization. What I saw was." This is what I saw, and this is the best way I could put it. Everybody, everybody was on the same page. Everybody was on the same page, okay, from the highest of the highs to the lowest of the low, and you followed suit, and it was all about, you know, winning. And and, and everybody, you know, just did their job and obviously that's a, you know it's a coach belichick saying but it's the truth that's what i saw and because of the uniqueness of my job when i came in contact with other organizations and listened to uh whether it be scouts or coaches or that wasn't the case you think the nfl the finest organization of of, of sport in the world you think okay every single team is going to be like this. That wasn't the case. That wasn't the case. So I think the best thing I could say is, and I'm sure it's still true. Again, I, I you know, I, I don't have, you know, I, I still communicate with some folks, but not like I did, you know, 2004 through 2006. They are all on the same page, and they, you know, they 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 do it right. They, you know, they do it right. They're very thorough. They're very bright. And they're all on the same page. Right. That's 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 that's. And again, I'll repeat. That's not. You may think that's the case in other teams. You may think that's the case in all the businesses in downtown Boston or downtown Miami or New York City. Or that's not the case. That's not everybody. Everybody. Not everybody. Let me restate that. A lot of people have their own agenda. Oh yeah. They're, Oh, yeah. There, there, there was in my eyes, from what little I saw, there wasn't, there wasn't that in New England, and that, and that's what I took out of being involved in with the organization for three years. Right, right. Yeah, I understand. That was so well said. Um, yeah. Just yeah. the just to stop on that for a minute. Yep. People don't understand or lose the understanding. That's better said. That. The reason you're not on your own agenda, number one, is because you took a job. 
you took a job, accepted a job, or you were hired to do a job. Right. That's your primary responsibility. Yeah. And right. everyone says, well, hey, I got to get mine. I got to make more money. I got to do this. I got to do that. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that. Right. But when you can't even do your first job, the job that right. you accepted, a job that may have built you, assisted you, or helped you come to where you're at today, how in the hell can you do something else? And there's a very right. interesting phrase. If you choose both rabbits, you'll, you won't catch either. Yeah. You have to you're, you're, do one. Go ahead, Coach. I'm yeah. sorry. You, no, no, no. You, you said something that's very true. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with trying to, you know, um, trying to, uh, you know, get better in life, regardless whether it's monetarily or, you know. Coach, who uh, doesn't want to? Everyone wants anybody, it. Everyone. But there's something wrong with it, Mark, when it interferes in the goal of the team, the business, the organization, the classroom. That's when there's something wrong with it. You know what I mean? Right, right. So how to get people to understand that, they think, hey, man, the truth, their opinion is, most opinions are that I got to get mine. I got to do it for me. What, what about my family? I got to take care of my family. What about the job that you accepted, I always say? You, expect, right. you accepted a job and you promised to do your very best. My reply is usually, if this is your best, that's all I need to hear. But yeah. is it your best? Well, and if that's, that's right. your best, well, then I can live with it. But we that's both right. know it's not your best. So yeah. what I don't understand, I have a difficult time having that conversation because they, they wanted a job. They got a job. They are getting paid to do a job, but they're doing a mediocre job. And now when I have to deliver that information, I'm either A, old school, uh, B, uh, non-empathetic, not understanding, yeah. not kind, and not a good person. Yeah, I think it. Yeah, that you're you're right, and and you know, again, I'm sounding like the 62 year old Northeast guy, but it it, it 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 very very much stems from the values that you were brought up with, whether it was from a single parent, whether it was from a grandparent, an aunt or uncle, two parents. It's 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 the values that you were brought up with, and although. I, I've gone to high school with friends that had some puff likes. You certainly had some things that you had to overcome, but for some reason you just had that innate ability to understand what's right and what's wrong, and, and while at the same time, okay, I'm going to be really, really successful at the University of Richmond. But you also did it, you know, without, you know, uh, being detrimental towards your teammates. That's hard in this day and age. Mark. Oh my god! I mean, you know, so hard. That's coach. hard. So hard. I've, 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 I've had opportunities to leave, to go back to pro football, to leave Boston College, and um, I, 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 I guess I believe it's from my upbringing and partly innately what what's in me um, that my family came first, and I was gonna, you know, yeah, my family came first, but I was also, as well as my family came first. I think the greatest generation, you know, the generation your mom came from, my parents came from, was, um, if you ever read the book, The Greatest Generation, they were, they were, this is very important what I'm about to say, for the most part, as, as much as we know, they were very unselfish people. And 
un, unfortunately, with what's in this day and age, there's there's a little more selfishness, and it's hard not to be selfish. But I think you know that's something you have to fight to be unselfish, and and, uh, and that's 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 my thoughts on that. Well, very difficult. How much? How much of that? Coach, that's very well said. I'm gonna we're gonna put that in the show notes. The Greatest Generation, the book. Uh, oh yeah. The book is by Tom Brokaw. Yes, um, that's right. Coach noted unselfish people, and that's largely responsible for their behavior. Obviously, yeah. Where does that behavior come from? When you know we live in a social media instant gratification world. Oh, we always talk about it. Tell me, tell, always, me, tell me, 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 me. Everything's me, me, me. Yeah, uh, Coach Everything's Reed. Me, me. I have Coach Reed on later this week, by the way, and we're going to no, talk about not. individualism. Yeah, everything's me, me, me. Everything's me, me, me. Like you know, you watch. And listen, I love football as much as I ever did, and and, 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 and you know it, it's as you know it's as prevalent in college as it is pro. You know, guys are always pounding their chest, me, 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 and you know not everybody does that, but you know it's it's I, again, I, you know I, I I hate to say this, Mark, I think I I think it goes back to some of it is social media, you know, some of it, not all. There's wonderful things about social media, of course, media. of course. There's wonderful things, you know, gives people awareness, but I think I think. I think today's generation, maybe, and my generation, it started with my generation, started out with the guys and the gals that were brought up in the 60s and 70s, you know, um, they, they, you know, and, and now it's going down to their children, you know, and it's, you know, a little more selfish than maybe our parents, your mom, you know, you know, your coaches, and, and, and that's a tough thing to combat, you know, people like, my daughters this fall, we were sitting at the supper table every Thursday, I ate, even during the fall, I ate with my daughters. And my daughters, you know, and there were some things going on with certain coaches getting in trouble and doing silly things. And my daughters were like, Dad, what's with that? I go, I'm telling you what's with it, wrong with it. Right. It's why it's happening. It's, the reason why it's happening is they're paying these guys too much money, and these guys think they're way more important than they really are. And I've been saying that for years, and people are like, Oh, no, 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 don't say that, don't say that. I'm like, okay, all right, all right, all right. But just remember now, and I don't mean this in a derogatory sense. I'm very proud that I did what I did for 40 years. We're just phys ed teachers. Now, there's nothing wrong with being a phys ed teacher, but let's not, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're, not, we're not inventing the light bulb, you know what I mean? So let's not, you know, just because your name goes across the ticker, let's not, let's not think you're that important. Does that make sense? To you? Oh, that makes perfect sense. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, part and parcel, or, or consolidated in this, is there's a monster or largely large part of this that people kind of lose their humility and lose the humbleness. And listen, I'm 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 right there with everyone. I've I've done my I've been there. Just and it's the world humbles you very quickly. It, oh gosh! Yeah, it really does. Oh, oh. let me tell you, let me tell you something, Mark Mangus. Take it from a sixty-two-year-old guy. That's gonna happen to everybody. You know, I always tell the guys I work with. You know, this year particularly, I'm driving to work. I'm driving back to work. You know, we've got about a half-hour drive. I live in the suburbs of of Boston. Okay. And I'm learning that. Oh my God, I'm gonna be sixty-two. Holy mackerel! I was. 35 like yesterday. I was 45 like yesterday. And like I told even the coaches I work with, things, everything's going to change. Everything's going to change. 
you're not stopping changing. You know what I mean? Oh, right, one, right. You know, at one time, you know, you might have been the greatest player, third baseman, goalie. Uh, you, you know, you were, you know, you were the greatest coach in the NFL or in college or in your high school. And someday, you know, no one's going to know who you are except your family. You know what I mean? Right. So get ready, right. get ready for that. Get ready for that. And that's where, you know, uh, you know, that's where humbleness comes in to, to, to actually understand that's going to happen. So I, I go back to, you know, it's great. Be proud of what you do, whether you're running a fitness facility or a company or a football team or a hockey but understand it's all going to end and let's not take yourself too seriously right right so what i try to say this to keep your group how, how do you see it's changed dramatically we've been talking about that how it's changed how it is today how do you say that again mark you, you we, we talked about how you how it used to be i mean there was some really really hard coaching to the point where yeah, i tried yeah. to explain to people yeah. i understand that joe cullen is a great coach and he cared about me but i didn't like him while i was playing like, yeah you know right, that right. i mean everyone knows yeah. that it was yeah. really hard and there were points where i threw my helmet into the woods yeah, i didn't right. necessarily quit i thought i quit and i didn't yeah. want to talk to him i didn't want to deal with him and nothing i did was right like nothing yeah. I didn't realize what he was doing to me then. I certainly do now, and I'm over the wall appreciative of it. But yeah, how can we? Is there a way? Is there a way to make changes and not necessarily go back to that? Because you never want to go back. Because we're growing, we're learning, we're getting better, we're evolving. Yeah. I get that. But yeah. is there a way to hang on to some of that? Because, there is, Mark. Tell me. There is, and, I, and this is I. I, I I talked. I think I talked about this a little before. I think you, in this generation, you have to communicate with the kids and give them the whys. And so this is, and I know this is the way Coach Cullen felt and all the guys, Coach, you know, Coach Reed, Coach Hanson. The young people must understand that they are an extension of their coach, and it it, it the coach is not driving you to the point where you don't know, you know, if you can take it anymore because, you know, because he's just, in most cases, I'm not going to say everything, because he's just a jerk in layman's terms. Right. But you're an extension, and your success is his success. It, it is what it is. That's just, you know, like, you know, your success made Joe Cohen feel great. Not that you know, not in an egotistical way that he helped Mark Menton to become a great player. Um, you know, uh, you know, the kids, I coached a kid that, you know, plays for the Buffalo Bills, Tom Sweeney, and I drove him and drove him and drove him. And this is a guy, you know, a lot like yourself, you know, but a seventh round draft pick, you know, made the Buffalo Bills. And, and, and that's an extension of me. It's like, you know, I, I helped. Not in an egotistical way. No, I, coach, he would know, not have been there if it wasn't for you. And we talk, listen. I say it all the time, I'm like a broken record. There is no such thing as a self-made man. But you know, you people, what's wrong with saying I would not have made it without Coach Leonard? Why are people so afraid to say that? I say it till this day. My entire, our entire team at Anatomy knows exactly who Jim Reed is. 
Like they yeah. really know. They like tell us that Jim Reed story again. Yeah, and then they right. saw the documentary and they thought, holy moly, Jim Reed's amazing. I said, so he is. <laughs> and then they asked who that Italian oh. guy is that's talking oh. in the in the seats. I said, guys, I would not be here. I promise you, as the day is long, I would but, not you know, be here if it wasn't for Coach Reed. There's, Mark, I, I will say this to you. Now I'm going to go on the other side of the record, okay? There are still young people in New York. They will, if they haven't already come upon your life, they will come upon your life, like the Mark Magnus to me and the Eric Kings and the kids. I've, they'll, they'll be kids that will be, you know what? I couldn't have become a better athlete or I couldn't have changed my body without you, Mark Magnus. There, there's still kids like that. Yeah, they're still out there. They're still out there. They come from good families and they're appreciative. They're still out there. They, they may not be in a, you know, in a, in a as much as there was at once, but they're, they're still there. That, that's not going to change. They're, they're still there. They're still there. You'll see. They're still there. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I, believe I, I believe they are too, Coach. Yeah, I they're still they there. It just takes a lot still... out of me when, you, like, I don't know how you do it. I know, I know who you are as a human being, and you invest so much of your life. You'll sacrifice time with your kids. You'll sacrifice yeah. time with your wife, with your family, for the people that you're trying to build up. And every once in a while, it, it may not work out. And it's like yeah. it's like a giant dagger to the chest. Yeah, that's right. That's now, right. And yeah, how do you deal with that? Because I've dealt with some of that recently. Yeah, yeah. And that, it's, that's it's, it's it, honestly, coach, I'm gonna be. It's really hard for me. I don't just yeah. bounce. But I'm not that tough. I don't just bounce back. It bothers me. Yeah, yeah. It bothers everybody. How well, do you deal it with bothers, it? It bothers with people with a soul. It bothers people with a soul. Um, how do you deal with it? Well, you deal with it like any um, adversity in your life. Um, you. You may have, you may have changed five people and not changed one. You may have changed twenty people and not changed two. Well, you know, you may have changed two people and not one. You may have changed one and not one. Hey, man, you survive by. I this is I did the best I could. Just what you've talked about. I did the best I could. I gave it everything I got. And there's at some point in time, you just don't win them all and you have to move on. So you can try to help the next gal, the next guy, the next player, the next business person. You know what I mean? Right. That's right. And it's, it's, it's going to take a little piece out of you a year in and year out, but the tough ones, what we talked about in the beginning of this conversation just, you know, you and your business, me and mine, those are the ones who survived that. Yeah, okay, I, you know, I didn't, I couldn't change that. Listen, there's guys at Richmond to this day, you know, I, you know, I'm like, oh man, I wish I could have done a better job, but I wish that, and I can name them to you off, off camera, but I mean, uh, hey man, uh, you know, I, I, I helped Steve Searles, I helped Eric King, I mean, Joe Douglas to this day, like, Coach, I was so happy you were coaching the online. Okay, so maybe there's a couple guys that I coached that didn't work out. Well, I did the best I could. I right. did the best I could, and that's <laughs> that's the way you live with it. If because you said it in this in this phone conversation, you said it, Mark. As long as you say to yourself, "I did the best I could," that's all you can do, Mark. Megan. Yeah, yeah. What what I get lost in is I think about. I've been surrounded by such wonderful people in my life. I know 
I absolutely have someone upstairs looking down on me, looking out for me rather. Yeah. Like between people like yourself, Coach Cullen, Coach Hanson, Coach Reed. Uh, I, I talk about Coach Belichick, Parcells, Pete Carroll, Dick LeBeau, and then, you know, uh, Coach Duffner. Like, all those coaches are like, they're extraordinary human beings. And then when I think, oh, great, I'm going to do a great job passing on this information and really try to develop this young person and give them something that's going to help them in life. And then when the chaos comes or no one's looking or they're challenged, and they really respond in a not the best way. Yeah. I think I am the worst leader, worst coach. Thank God I didn't get into coaching. I would have been the worst coach in history because I can't even get them to understand that point when right over their head and all they're thinking about is me. Well, well, well hold on now. You already said in this conversation, you already got people going, hey, show me that. Tell me that story about Jim Reed and tell me that, you know, tell me that, you know, tell me that story about this guy or that guy. You've already helped that person. Now, I'll say this to you. I'll say this to you. This will be interesting. I once worked with a very, very, you know, uh, popular and very, very successful coordinator. Very, 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 very bright. Very, very, very bright. Very successful. And we would have wonderful conversations. And every once in a while, I would say to him, you've got to get at their level. Not everybody is as smart as you. Okay, let me stop you there. I'm sorry to interrupt your flow. This is going to be one of the most powerful statements ever. I already know where this is going. Like, <laughs> well, because yeah, they, yeah. They, to dumb it down, like I, I, there's a lot of smart people around. Please continue, Coach. This is, re- this is going to help me tremendously. I'm not well, that smart. I want people to come down to my level, so please. Well, I don't know if this is going where you think it's going. But anyway, so we would have great conversation. I would be like, listen, listen. You know, the average American is just an average Joe. That's the way you got to kind of communicate. And again, you got to, you know, you've got to, you know, you've got to see it in their eyes who you can go to trigonometry and who you have to stay with, you know, uh, basic math. And I say this to you because you're, you know, you're, you're, you've said, ah, coach, sometimes I just don't. You, listen to me, this is the truth now. I'm not blowing smoke. This is, you're, you're a different kind of cat. You're going to have to look yourself in the mirror and say, okay, I, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I, I've got to understand where Mark Magna, let's just put it in simple terms. Mark Magna can do 200 pushups. Not everybody can do 200 pushups. Doesn't make them bad people. If Mark Magna can get them to do 100 pushups, uh, Mark Magna's done a good job. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah. mean, I, but I mean, that's uh, uh, the coach, you know, when, my thing is, if I come to someone, if I'm working with them and I'm spending yeah. a lot of time on them, yeah. I'd say even like a bunch of rotted apples get a shiny apple on it or vice versa. Yeah. If you're a shiny organic apple and you're in a crate of rotted apples, you're going to get that stuff on you no matter how good you are. So right. to put it, put it like this, if I spend all my time and effort around you for years and then I need the help of someone and they don't even try. Yeah, well, that, I think that, that I'm a giant failure and I've no, really no, no, no. missed. I've really missed because what inside their soul tells them that that's okay? And you referenced it earlier, Coach. You said 
people just kind of should kind of know the difference between right and wrong? I think for the most part, most people do. Of yeah, course, they do. You yeah. know, so it, my I never care about intelligence. I never care about strength or performance. I care about the try and the effort. That's the most yeah. important thing in my world. And if it's not yeah. the most important thing in your world and I brought you into this team, then I'm really messed up. Yeah. So I'm trying to work through all those things and figure well, out where the holes are, Coach. You know what? Unfortunately, Mark, and you asked how do you deal with it, and this may sound cruel, the cruelest thing I've said in this conversation, sometimes you just got to cut your losses. Yeah. Sometimes you got to tell, you know, I've had to tell a kid, okay, man, you know, you, you don't want to do this. I, I got to work on the guys who do want to do this. You know, you, you go do what you got to do. You go do what you got to do. And, and that's cool and harsh. Maybe one, you know, every once in a while, the kid's like, "Oh my God, he's giving up on me. I better turn the corner," or he just he just falls by the wayside. Nothing you can do about that. You can't save them all, Mark. You yeah. can't save them all. You know what I mean? Yes, Otherwise, sir. like you said earlier, you're gonna go crazy. You gotta save the ones that you can save. You know what I mean? Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. And how is it? Yep. Di- how is it different in the pros, Coach? You coach them hard. Are there any? Are there guys that you just kind of know? Honestly, are there guys you kind of can go really hard at? I'm assuming yes. And then there's kind of certain guys. Coach Parcells used oh. to have this thing he used to say, yeah, he's a 12-year vet, nine-year pro bowler. He can pretty yeah. much do whatever he wants. Yeah, oh, yeah, absolutely. I How learned do- that. Real- I, I got to view it when I got to watch practices in New England. I watched you know, how you can coach these pro football players. Then I actually, in St. Louis, I, you know, I was I was smart enough to know, you know who I could really – go at and who I had to, you know, back off. And then every once in a while, maybe with the rookies, you know, Steven Jackson would, you know, he, he was great. I love Steven Jackson. He'd be like, coach, I think you could lay off him today. And I'd be like, and I was smart enough and I didn't have a big ego. We're like, yeah, okay, I got it. I got it. You know? Yeah, you could see it, but you know, yeah, you could see it. I mean, well, a guy with half of a brain and half of a soul can see it. You know what I mean? Of course. Yeah. I'm not going to, I'm not going to treat, you know, uh, Randy McMichael and Dan Fells and Billy Bajamo, like they, you know, treated a rookie. You know what I mean? Yeah, but, of course. But, 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 that's, but hold on, there's another side to that. That's because they're doing what they're supposed to do. Absolutely. They're, they're mature enough to do it. That's, that's the beauty of pro football. Everybody's like, you know, guys who've coached in college for many, many years and for whatever reason, they're like, ah, that pro football, those guys are all, you know, got egos. I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. hold it now, hold it now, hold it now. You're just watching ESPN too much. Those kids in pro football, nine out of ten of them, they're the best dudes in the world. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Those those guys are freaking awesome, man. They they just they just want to play ball and they want you to you know help them. And, and those guys are you know there is you know there's no five stars and four stars. And yeah, yeah, every once in a while you'll get a guy that that's your job again as a coach. You're gonna have to handle. But those kids are in the building. You know, Mark, you did it. They're in the building at 6.30 in the morning, and they're out at 5.30 at night. I mean, they're just, you know, they're like sponges. It's it's awesome. It's They're the best kids in the world, especially football players. They're, they're the best football players. They're the best dudes in the world, man. Right. I right. loved them. I loved them. I loved them. Yep. That's awesome. All right, Coach. I'm, I'm not going to take too much more of your time. I'm just going to ask you a few questions here, and you can be as short as you want or as long as you want, okay? So just okay. – uh, kind of a speed round of questions okay who was the favorite your favorite college football player and i know i'm going to get a lot of people hating on you for this but that Uh-oh. you that you ever coached that you ever coached god there's been 
If you need to well, give me three, you can give me three because I know that's going to create some, yeah, some controversy. Yeah, yeah. I, I really loved coaching Scott Pioli. I, I, I really loved coaching Eric King. Uh, I really loved coaching Jaron Mastrude at Kansas State. And I really loved coaching uh, Cody Booth at Temple. Okay. Um, yeah, I love those guys. Yeah, and I love a lot of them. But those are the guys that, you know, kind of, you know. I love a lot of guys, but those guys, you know. Okay, guys, yeah. that's fair. Favorite yep. favorite college uh, experience? What college did you have the best experience? And I know you were at some places much longer, and other places a little bit shorter. Yeah. But... You know, it's not because you're calling me. You know, Coach Reed and I talk about this a lot. The Richmond experience was, you know, it wasn't like it was um, Camelot, but it, it was a, it was a. It was a really, really, really good experience for many, many different reasons. Good kids, good coaches, great values, and you know, obviously, I mean, come on, we won a couple championships when we, you know, we just we were from the depths of hell, and you know, we, you know, like, like we talked about in your, in, in in your, you know, your documentary. Oh yeah, took that program from, you know, and, and that was, you know, my my daughters were born in Richmond. Ah, just so many. There were so many cool things. Again, it wasn't it wasn't Camelot, but it was it was it was what some of my fondest memories in my 40, 40 year career. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah. It was, that was a special time, that's man. True. Some great coaches, not, great people. That was an extraordinary time. I can't yeah, even describe I, I, it to I, people. It's not fair. I talk to Coach Hanson to this day. I talk to Coach Reed every other day. I talk to Coach Cohen once every three, four weeks. I come on, now, what are we talking about? I mean, you know. Yeah. That's awesome. My Thank you, Coach. Most memorable NFL moment. Moment. Oh, I loved it. When, when matter of fact, I was just talking about this with Josh McDaniels. We went about a month, month and a half ago. We went to breakfast. Um, NFL moment. I loved when when I was at St. Louis, and we were struggling my third year, and we beat the New Orleans Saints. I love that. Yeah. That. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Cause you know their coach. Uh, what's that guy's name? You know uh, Williams or. Whatever his name, Greg Williams. Yep, yep, yep. Great defensive coordinator, and we beat him, and that was fun. That was a pretty cool. That was a pretty cool deal. And uh, playing my second year on Sunday night for the NFC West title um, on national TV, that was pretty cool too. We played the Seahawks; they beat us, but we were we were we were. Uh, let's see, we might have been uh, seven and eight. Seven and eight. That that we were going in a. You know, Spags did. He was such a wonderful head coach. That was pretty cool. Those right. two, those were pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. Oh, I love that. All yeah. right, top guy, top guy you ever scouted in the NFL when you were in the NFL. Meaning, like when you were with the Pats, you saw this talent, and you were like, "Oh my God, look at this guy! <laughs> Unbelievable!" Well, I, I, I seen a, you know. Well, I'll tell you what. Mario Williams was a good player, but, you know, you know, because uh, I did look at a few defensive linemen, but I knew right away my first year. I knew right away. I went to Fresno State, and I this is the first time they sent me out by myself, and I scouted Logan Mankins at Fresno State. And I was like, Ooh. I called back, and I was like, listen, I, I, you know, I, I'm just starting this job, but I have coached <laughs> you off the line. I think this guy's a new one, the Patriot. You know? <laughs> Logan Mankins, he was pretty. He was a. He was a. He was what a did you guy. see? What did you see right after you scouted him? You were like, "Oh boy, I got to get on the phone." Athleticism and toughness. Athleticism and toughness. Just you know, a patriot guy. You know what I mean? He's just yeah. yeah no, you yeah. like it's hard. It, 
You're putting him through the paces. This is pre-draft, correct? No, no, no. This was in this was in the summer of his senior year. You know, uh, August. And so I was watching tape. I was Got watching it. him in practice, and I was watching tape of when he was a junior. I think. I think. Yeah. And, right. and again, you know, I was on the road, and I was, you know, writing up a report, and I called back, and I was like, "Ooh, uh, this dude. You know, this dude. This dude is pretty good now." So, you know. Well, well, how does that work in the in the in the scouting room? Does Coach Belichick ever turn to anyone and go, "What do you think?" Or you kind of it's already pre-planned? Oh no, no, yeah, he, you know he, he, it's the yeah yeah. Coach Belichick will you know gather information and then make his own decision. But yeah, he that's he want he asks people their their opinion on things. At least they in in this you know at least when it came to you know scouting and scouting players. Yeah, I mean that you know yes yes, and then I'm. Sure, he would make his you know own evaluation and judgment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's not like yeah, yeah. he's uh. No one really questions him. I wonder why. You want? Does, does anyone ever? Do you ever see anyone question him? Honestly. Yeah, yeah, sure. I'm sure the people that you know. Yeah, he's. Yeah, sure. I'm sure they do. And he 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 makes he you know he 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 makes it that where you can give your opinion and you're not you know you're not afraid to give your opinion. And now. you should be able to, right? Yeah, yeah, and and you know you have to, you have to have enough um, um, confidence in yourself, and, and that's what I'm sure he wants to see that you can give your opinion. He right. may, just like everybody, he may not agree with it, but he wants to hear what you think. And then, obviously, I'm sure he collects all the information and makes his own decision along with you know the people that you know, make those decisions. Yeah, I found that it's pretty easy to give your opinion, but you just have to be mindful of how you deliver it. Yeah, well, yeah, you 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 better. You bet. You know. You better. You know. You better know what you're talking about. I mean, you <laughs> yeah. better substantiation. You know. And, and I had to learn that. You know. I had to learn to speak in more of a scouting terms as a, as, as opposed to speaking as a coach. But mm-hmm. I, you know, I was. We talked about in the beginning of the conversation. I had to adapt and listen. You have to pay attention. And you know, the people were good enough around me. The Scott Piolis and the Tom Dimitrovs and that. You know, uh, you know, the John Robinsons were like, no, no, coach, this is the way you have to present this. I'm like, okay, I get it, I got it. You know, you have to right. have, you have to have enough wherewithal to say, okay, I, I get it. Yeah. Right. Yep. All right. Best, uh, the most powerful lesson you ever learned in coaching. I know that's hard on the spot, but I'm sure you have one. The most, uh, that's, yeah, the most powerful uh, lesson. It's hard, coach. I, you've learned thousands, but something you're like, you know what? Every coach has got to have this. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? Uh, in regards with the sport, I can tell you this. And this might not be what you're looking for. I could tell you a couple things. But in regards with the sport, I think to win a championship, you have to have a quarterback and you have to play great defense. I don't think anybody says that. But in my 40 years, I've witnessed it. And then that's one thing. You have to have a well. That's two things, really. You have to have a quarterback, and you have to have a great defense. And 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 I think just be careful as you grow old in this profession that you know you understand that you know everybody is replaceable. Everybody's everybody's replaceable. That's what I learned, and that's I feel comfortable about that answer. No, that's a great answer. Well, that that's a great segue into what do you think of uh, Tom going to Tampa? Oh, I think you know, cheaper. So I think, 
good for him. You know what I mean? Good for him. I was, think, was there know, any, any doubt in your mind that he was leaving? I don't know. I didn't know enough about it. Um, uh, I, I'm sure there's many things that, you know, we, the public didn't know, but you know, good for him. I mean, you know, sometimes change is good. You know what I mean? Of course, sometimes, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, maybe for, you know, both parties, sometimes change is good. So, um, like I said earlier, there's always going to be change. You're not stopping change. Right. Nothing is stopping change. Change is going to happen in your professional life, your personal life. Change is happening. Right. Sometimes for the better, sometimes for the worse. <laughs> Understood. Yep. Last question. The most hostile environment you've ever coached in. Oh, gosh. That's a great question. You could do college and, and NFL if you like. Okay, I'll answer it. Playing at the playing at the Oakland Raiders in Oakland, that was that was hostile. <laughs> I was I was irritated. That was that was. I mean, getting to the locker room, it was. I was I was so irritated, and all the other coaches were like, "Hey, Frank, calm down, just relax." <laughs> I can't even tell you. I was so mad as we were going to. Oh my god! Oh my god! That's hostile territory. No, that was hostile. Yeah, that was hostile. Okay, college. Gee, that's a great question, Mark. Um. Clemson's not really hostile, but it's loud now. It's loud when yeah. you can't hear yourself think. Um, gosh, I guess it, you know, I played at Texas, but at Texas when I was at Kansas State, that's more of a like a pro crowd. Right. Texas A&M. Texas Ooh, A&M. 12th man. 12th yeah, man. The, play, the place was shaking. Yeah, yeah. We beat them too. But yeah, the pro football, the Raiders. And, and, although Seattle could get loud and hostile, but they're not guys, da- they're not dangerous people. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, yeah, the Raiders, the Raiders, and, and then Texas A and M was pretty hostile. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe yeah. that. I believe yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Listen, Coach, I, I can't even thank you enough. You're one of my oh, favorite man, people in the fun. world. Did you watch the documentary? By the way, you watched it. I I got it. You know what? And and, and, and because I got to become more tech savvy, I'm gonna get my daughter. <laughs> I want to watch it so bad. I'm going to watch it. You I haven't watched it yet. You're unbelievable. You're like a sh- you're like one of the stars. I'm serious. <laughs> you are going to you know laugh what? so hard the way Randy did this. He, you know, Randy, Randy West did oh, one of the. It's unbelievable. I've never seen anything like a coach. He's married, two kids, teacher. Coach. I know it. Like it's it's disgusting. I feel like I'm lazy when I'm around him. <laughs> yeah, he's he's amazing. He come up on. Two years ago in preseason, and we did it at like ten o'clock at night. We had a ball, man. You were amazing. Love- ten o'clock at night, the energy that you had at ten, people are still talking about. It. Who's that guy that talks <laughs> in such an emphatic? And I'm like, that's Coach Leonard. I know immediately who they're talking about. <laughs> that's that idiot, Coach. Leonard. No, no, they know, they know. Oh, they're like that guy is so passionate. I'm like, that's him. Uh, that's him. Ten o'clock at night, calm. You should see him when he's ready to go. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, <laughs> oh my God, you got to see uh, this. Would you please watch it? Randy's gonna ki- when Randy I'm finds that out, he's gonna be so upset. It's, it's no, it's for no other reason, Mark. That I just I gotta get to I, you know my, I gotta get my daughter to help me. How do you do this? Yeah, your daughters yeah. can help you. It's on iTunes. Oh, it's yeah, on Am- just a kid from Fall River, guys. It's on iTunes. It's from Amazon. Look, I'm the subject of the story, but it's a piece of art by Randy West from Monarch Productions. Yeah, I, I, that guy's a genius. He's unbelievable. Yeah, I he's know, a dear friend. I know. I know. He's he was. He was awesome to coach, and he was awesome to deal with uh, with his project regarding you, and, and, and I love it. And I, 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 there's no other reason I just – I got to get my daughter to help me technically get it done. You know, I was afraid when you were like, hey, we're going to do a podcast, Coach. I was I almost texted you and go, do, 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 I knew it. I knew it. All I said was, 
I'm going to need one hour, a one hour conversation. <laughs> That's all that I had to say. That was awesome, man. I all love right. this. I love this, brother. This was awesome. Tell Thank you so much, coach. Give my best to Kath and, and the yep. kids and, uh, Lots Tell of love, man. Love you, man. You're the best. Tell You're one of the you. best coaches ever because you care. And I've yeah. never seen someone give so much, man. Between you, Coach Reed, so Colin, much. and Hanson, you guys are incredible. Really. You're incredible. You. Love right. you, brother. All right. Talk to you soon, Coach. Love you. Call me if you ever need me. Likewise, Coach. You're the best.